welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we're not going back in the original order. We've got a special bonus episode right in the middle of Podmas of 2023. Crazy. We've got an episode out every single day. Today, you're so lucky you're going to get two because we're looking at the 2023 Netflix original that's an apocalyptic psychological thriller called Leave the World Behind. Directed by Sam Esmail, it stars Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Maya, and Kevin Bacon. I'm Jesse. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me. This is a big film. <laughs> I... I um, was looking forward to, to watching it, excited now it's on Netflix, everyone can get their eyes on it. As always, if uh, you're excited to see this film and haven't seen it yet, give us a pause and come back later on because I'm going to talk about this film quite a bit. Um, and we do kick off the show with the Fast Flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one's about a family on vacation are joined by the owners of the actual home as weird events start to impact their lives. Whew, intriguing, intriguing. Hope you're on board. Uh, we like to talk about how film ended up on Netflix. So this one's got a bit of a good story. Realistically, this is based on the 2020 novel of the same name by Rumen Alarm. Netflix won a bidding war for the rights to the novel in July of 2020 with Sam Esmail attached to write and direct the film. Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington were set to star in and produce the film. So we head then to September of 2021 where Mahershal Ali had been cast in the film and he replaced Denzel Washington who had exited at that point. Ethan Hawke and Mahala joined in Jan of 2022. Barack and Michelle Obama actually jumped on board to executive produce the film through their Higher Ground Productions banner as well. Filming began in April of 2022 on Long Island in a home that was designed by the Up Studio. There was additional filming in Katona, New York on May 19th of 2022. So that's a bit how it got together. Um, Esmail, the director, with the soundtrack, he tried to pick songs that hadn't been used on TV or film before, as he was worried that viewers would have associations with those songs, and they would interfere or complicate what the scene was about, or what the viewer is feeling as they're watching the scene. So for that reason, he chose that song Too Close by American R&B group Next, as it could be danced along with by the characters and wasn't overused. I found this quite funny, because <laughs> to me, that song, uh, Australian and British audiences... We'll probably have a really big connection with that song, um, a cover by a band, Blue, back in the early 2000s, I guess. So when that song came on, I was bopping along as well. It sort of did take me out of uh, that scene, which is quite interesting. Uh, the film, Leave the World Behind, had its world premiere as um, the opening film of the AFI Fest on October 25th, 2023. The cast were unable to attend due to the 2023 SAG after a strike. The film was released in limited theatrical, in a limited theatrical um, capacity on November 22 before streaming on Netflix from December the 8th, 2023. Actress Julia Roberts, who plays Amanda, um, and her on-screen daughter, Farah McKenzie, um, the character of Rose, really bonded while making the movie. Julia Roberts, she's uh, famous, I guess, for being a barefoot girl in real life and spent a good deal of the film while they were uh, making it in bare feet. So Mackenzie made uh, at a point to sort of follow suit by going barefoot herself on camera whenever she was able to. There's a scene where Rose first encounters this pack of deer uh, in sort of the, the backyard and she insists on going in bare feet and she even recommended the shot that shows a close-up of her bare feet walking across that lawn too. Um, and Mackenzie said she did this because she felt the way Julia Roberts would have done the shot herself. So that was a, that's a cool little snippet about the filming of this, um, this movie. The wall art throughout the film, important. Um, the master bedroom, it changes each time. The mood in the film intensifies too, according to the artist for the film, Adam Hall. There are hundreds of Teslas in this film. <laughs> 
and they're hacked in this film at certain stages. They, they're on auto drive and they crash um, to make the, the road sort of an unstable environment for the characters. And it's obviously a message about auto drive function and technology. And, and obviously this is controversial in real life too. So when Netflix posted a clip of this scene online, uh, Elon Musk, who owns uh, Tesla, he, he tweeted and his response was that, you know, Teslas can uh, charge from a solar panel even if the world goes fully Mad Max and there's no more gas. Quite funny. There's lots of news outlets that picked news outlets that picked it up too, uh, and it, and Musk was pretty much made fun of for missing the whole criticism of Tesla and the danger that that's in this film. So that's quite funny too. Julia Roberts' daughter uh, in the film is obsessed with the TV show Friends. So there's a lot of criticism about this because Julia Roberts actually plays a character in the second season, I think, of Friends, and the director went on to explain sort of that you know. People are like, how does this work? She'd recognize her mothers and friends, all that sort of stuff. And the director, Sam Esmail, sort of explained that it's like two different universes and that to Rose, the daughter, Amanda is just her mother and could resemble other people in the world too. He said, on a purely intellectual level in this universe, Julia Roberts is not playing Amanda. There's just Rose's mum, Amanda. <laughs> so that, that's quite funny. He also went on and said, and on the show, Friends, she sees Julia Roberts and maybe she has a passing resemblance to her mum, but because it's her mum, she probably doesn't think twice about it. So that's my weird meta convoluted explanation for it. <laughs> so tricky. Like, obviously this film's big enough that the director has to come out and sort of uh, answer answer feedback based on that too. Um, the book. The book, there's a little bit of difference, I think, because the book implies, and this is obviously a spoiler alert as well, the book sort of says that the families are reunited with Rose at the end of the film. The, the film is more open-ended. And I guess we'll probably talk about that a little bit as we talk about some scenes, but very open-ended. Um, released on Netflix. So from the 4th of December to the 10th of December, the film racked up 41.7 million views, making it the number one English language film and the most watched of the week on Netflix. For context, the second place film, which was another Netflix original from a couple of weeks ago called Family Switch, had 18.6 million views, which is still pretty big, I guess. Um, but obviously, you know, big, big numbers. Um, Leo, the other animated Netflix original, the Adam Sandler one, held on to third place at 14.2 million. And then we had the Super Mario Brothers movie with 13.2 million views at number four. So a lot of people watched this film in the first week on Netflix as well. As I mentioned before, this did hit Netflix on the 8th of December, 2023. Has a tagline. The tagline is... There's no going back to normal. I mean, it's okay. It's nothing special. Um, translations around the world. In Portuguese and French, it's called The World After Us. In Italian, it's called The World Behind You. <laughs> In Japanese, it's called Never Ending Weekend. Um, I think that's missed the point. <laughs> In Chinese, it's called Disconnected. Don't mind that title. It's a, that's a good title. Um, Ukrainian, The Illusion of Security. So I think that whole idea of security or disconnected, that probably ties in and, and tries to identify for an audience the specific theme of this film, where I guess they probably want it more open-ended as to what's actually happening in the film too. All right, critics and audiences, what are they saying? Rotten Tomatoes sits at 74% on 118 reviews. That is certified fresh, so positive from the, the critics. The audience sits at 35% on more than 2,500 ratings. Pretty low, realistically. Um, IMDb, 6.6 .6 out of 10 on 56,000 ratings. Letterbox sits at a 3.1 out of 5 on 112,500 ratings. Actually being logged by 130,000 people. So many people. Metacritic sits at a 67 on 34 critic reviews. That's in that green traffic light system. And the audience has it at a 4.8 on 109 reviews. That's in that yellow part of the traffic light system. So the summary here would be critics like it, audiences not so much. What are my early thoughts on this film? Uh, I'm not sure if it was all the negative criticism that I'd seen online about this film, 
and sort of maybe meant that I had lower expectations, but I was blown away. I thought I really liked this. I thought this was great. I thought it was hilarious and it was really meaningful in an important way. So I'm on board for this film. All right, characters. Let's talk about some characters. So Amanda, we're going to talk about Amanda. She's the, the wife, the main character. We start the film with her. She's frustrated. She's agitated. She hates the world. She hates people. She's snappy. She doesn't trust people. Very subtle I guess, um, very subtly doesn't like colored people either. She works in advertising and manages relationships, has to lie to customers, not a big fan of the world. Um, and in comparison, her husband, Clay, he's almost the opposite in that he gives people the benefit of the doubt. He thinks most people are good. He's a teacher, he teaches English and media studies. He seems to work a lot, stresses about his work, possibly why he likes a cheeky dart every now and then as well. But they're complete polar opposites. And they obviously have their two kids that sort of, um, they get together to take on this vacation to escape the world, to escape people, to just have a, a little bit of a breakaway. Um, I guess their, their kids, we can talk about now. Rose is the youngest child. She feels like no one cares about her, no one listens to her, especially her parents. She's maybe the symbol of innocence in this film um, because she she's the one who gets caught up in everyone else's BS in this film. So she's almost that symbol of, of innocence. And I guess maybe why we finished the film on her as well. Um, the other the other kid they have is Archie, he's the son. He's like a typical teenage boy, plays video games, obsessed with recording everything on his phone, as well as like the focus on, you know, girls as well. The other, the other family that we meet is um, G.H. Scott and his daughter Ruth. And they're the owners of this holiday house that these guys rock up to. So G.H. Scott, he's African-American, he's a financer, he's got high profile clients in the US government. He's had knee surgery in the past, but seems to be that plot progression in the film in that the audience and the characters think he knows more than he probably does um, about what's going on in the world too. Um, he's worried about his wife. She's stuck on a plane and obviously all the technology and stuff's going down. And, and that fear of losing his wife adds fear towards his daughter and, and what if he lost her as well. Um, and so, you know, that idea of protection and family as well. His daughter, Ruth, sort of spoke about her She's concerned a lot about her mother. The mother's an art dealer. Um, you know, she's meant to be on this flight. They haven't heard from her. That's stressful for Ruth, which sort of makes her a bit snappy and sort of challenges Amanda quite a lot in this film. I get her, you know, her, her idea of what's going on is that it's focused on power plants being one of the issues of what's going on, but she's sort of very straight down the line compared to the other kids and probably a little bit older too. Need to mention that as well. Um, the director, Sam Esmail, big, like the, I guess everyone knows him from that TV show, Mr. Robot, directed 38 episodes, produced it. I think a lot of people really acknowledge and like what he says, in particular to the idea of technology, and, and that's probably a big thing in this film as well. Scenes. We're going to talk about some scenes that we enjoyed. What are some good parts in this film? The opening scene, where Amanda is explaining that you know she's booked a holiday, and before the title credit hits the finish, she's like, I effing hate people. That was a great way to start the film. I thought, Amanda... You know, they're at the house and she hears some noise outside. She tells her husband, Clay, she's like, go get a bat. And he's like, why would I have a bat? And I thought that was funny. There's lots of humorous parts that I liked in this film. Um, Amanda's sort of stressed about JH rocking up with his daughter to the house and worried that he might sneak in on their daughter, Rose. And the husband, Clay's like, so you don't think he'd molest Archie, though? <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then Clay agrees to go down and, and talk to GH. And if he gets bad vibes, it's like, cool, we'll ask him to leave. And he walks into the kitchen and GH has just made a cocktail for him and he likes it. So it's like, all good. I thought that was funny too. Really good sort of setup. Rose is, Rose is talking about the internet not working. 
because, you know, she's obsessed with watching the TV show Friends and, you know, the TV is not working and she's like asked, you know, what's it called when they used to play things over and over again on TV? And Amanda's like, reruns. And then the follow-up with that is Clay is trying to fix the TV and, and talking about the snow on the screen and the blue screen. And Rose again says, why would rabbit ears help? Just that, that, that funny thing about the next generation has no idea how the older generation used to consume content as well. Uh, Amanda is telling Ruth at one stage that, you know, Clay teaches English and media studies. And she's like, I've had plenty of friends who major in media studies and never know what it is. Very funny. I, I teach media studies. So that made me laugh as well. Uh, the whole ending of Clay out on the road, sorry not the ending the editing the editing of, of clay out on the road like there's no gps working he comes across the spanish-speaking woman on the road we've got the kids by the pool and then venturing into the woods to see that hut and we've also got gh exploring the neighbor's house seeing the plane crash the editing in between each of those three things together was done really well i thought that was excellent um the family they try to escape <laughs> and they realize they can't and that's when they see the teslas and there's a quick cut to them back at the doorstep wanting to get back in the house that was funny uh, Rose's dedication to finishing Friends. That was quite humorous at times. Uh, Amanda and GH, they play a record and, um, you know, music start to dance. She full white girl dances. Plus, as I mentioned before, I really like that song too. <laughs> uh, Rose talks about the West Wing, but only the Aaron Orkin seasons. That was funny. Uh, Ruth, Ruth refers to Rose as a girl who stares into the woods like Donnie Darko. That was humorous. These are all funny moments for me, really. Uh, Archie's really sick and he's in the car to get the medicine. And he's just in the backseat and he's just like, is Taylor okay? Do you think Taylor's okay? It's literally a, a chick who he texts right at the start of the film. So that was funny too. And the final scene, so good. Just that DVD collection, putting a DVD on the smile. Excellent. Really like that too. Uh, things that I didn't necessarily like. Archie taking those creepy photos of Ruth by the pool and then trying to masturbate to them. That was gross. Um, the Tesla scene, not a big fan of that. The flamingos when they arrive in the pool, I get that whole animal migration thing, but the CGI on them was pretty ordinary. And then Archie with his teeth, that was just gross for me. <laughs> But I didn't like that. Uh, themes, ideas. What's this film trying to say? So much. So, so, so much. So obviously that idea of the breakdown of technology, the over-reliance on it. You know, at the start of the film, we see Clay using the GPS and the radio in the car. Archie's playing video games. Rose is watching videos on her iPad. That, that idea that you can't book a holiday online and actually meet the person whose place you're staying at. It's all done through the internet. So that's there too. The issues in modern America, that's sort of like seeing a nation implode. Uh, people are terrible. You know, trust shouldn't just be given. People are too focused on protecting their own than looking out for each other. Racism, class, intolerance, the whole GH and Ruth sleeping in the basement while the white family all sleep upstairs. Those preconceived ideas rather than the truth. Seeing differences, they mention, is the hardest thing to do. And, and it's scary when those that there are people that don't learn from their mistakes. Uh, unity, working together can be beneficial. Strength, friendship, friends. You know, the whole TV show, friends, the, the, the song plays over the final credits, I'll be there for you. Those ideas too. Animals, you know, we see lots of animals. They understand changes in society. They represent the fear and the mistrust that the characters have at times too. And this is, you know, this is the idea of foreign enemy countries possibly joining up together to attack America. Uh, you know, is it North Korea and Russia or Iran or Iraq or China? Is it who, who's backing each other? You know, these, these people are all enemies, I guess, of America at various stages. So, you know, they can destabilize the country using technology, hackers, those types of things. Or is it the, the American, and we, we see this through, um, you know, through the work and, and through the, the dialogue of work, but that idea of the military, the American military, are they working with high tech companies like Tesla and those type of things against civilians for greed to establish like a new, new order um, where those with the money lead or, or is this just hackers the idea of hackers or you know think of those 
groups like anonymous and, and those sorts of groups that sort of want to destabilize everything and collapse things like what's the purpose you know do, do they just want to sort of challenge what's going on so lots of different things that you can talk about or take away from this film that idea of hope too hope begins in the dark and, and media the media too um especially that that without the media and what messages the media are pushing that idea and, and reflecting on that too so so much to, to discuss that was all a quick little summary um what did i take away from this film i know a lot of people probably don't like this but the camera work throughout the film sort of blew me away i loved the camera work in this i thought the trippy angles the movement walking through the house the family going in amanda going up the stairs the beach every time they go from the basement through the middle level of the house to the top of the house when the noises go off the camera works great when everyone's blocking their ears the animals when they're moving outside the hut just i really enjoy all the different um use of camera throughout this film i thought it was really good one day all right we have a segment where we say hey did we jump on imdb to check anyone out for me like the daughter rose uh, played by farah mckenzie just reminded me of the girl from hereditary uh it wasn't her though so a bit of a miss <laughs> made for that one uh questions ponderings thoughts what have i thought about this film i think you know Apparently the, the book implies that the families are reunited with Rose at the end. So the film's more open-ended for me. I don't think, like, this is my personal opinion, so, you know, it's not right, it's it's 100% just my thoughts, but I don't think that they do reunite. I, I feel like that purposeful message as Rose goes into that bunker on the computer screen saying there's radiation, etc. the White House has been attacked. I reckon everyone gets wiped out. But Rose is set, she's got, she's got that physical media collection downstairs. And as I sort of mentioned in the characters, she's the only film who represents innocence. She doesn't do anything wrong in the whole film. All the other characters do. All of them have traits that are no good or, or um, you know, not nice personality-wise. So I reckon she's the one that survives. <laughs> arguments. Um, you know, arguments that there needs to be a death in this type of film for it to be effective. I, I, I guess you expect that. So it's, it's about, you know, disproving expectations or, or surprising people. So I was surprised no one died. And I thought that was okay. I think that worked. The idea of the Friends TV show. Rose, the daughter, she's so into this TV show. If you're so into a show, surely, and you know how to use Netflix on your iPad, you're downloading that on your iPad instead of trying to stream it the whole time, especially if you're going on a road trip. Just putting that out there as well. Uh, Archie, the brother, and, and Rose, the sister, when they go to that hut in the woods, you know, he's, he's as a big old brother, he's trying to scare her, and there's this impression in the leaves, in the floor, that, you know, they're seeing someone sleeping here and sort of watching Rose's bedroom. That wasn't explained. Who's the person? <laughs> Unless it was, and I've just got no idea. I thought that was a bit weird. Is Ruth's mum still alive? Did she survive the, the airplane crash? I'm interested. Um, and that, I've got to talk about that DVD collection at the end. Absolutely amazing. I paused and tried, tried to look at all the films in there and TV shows. Thought that was excellent. Love putting content in alphabetical order. I think that's great as well. But what really frustrated me was that the TV series and films mixed together. Ah, <laughs> that did my head in. You've got to separate them, separate them. Uh, and also, obviously, you've got that Netflix logo on the TV remote as she's turning it on. So I thought that was funny too. All right, I'm ready to wrap this up. We give a film a rating out of five. For me, this is great. I thought the performances were good. The ideas stood out. There's so much to talk about. The ideas were clear. The technical camera work just blew me away at times. It also just looked good throughout. I highly recommend this film. Good film to finish the year off from Netflix. Four and a half out of five for me. High school, high school. We've got socials. We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook. And we've got X, formerly known as Twitter. Just tying into the end of that film, do you still, this is the question I'm going to put out there, do you still purchase physical media? Media, Yes, physical media is the king. What happens when streaming goes down? What happens when technology dies? You need a physical media collection. Get those VHSs out. They will still be around and you'll be able to watch your films and TV shows. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. We are in the middle of Podmas. We're getting close to Christmas, only a week or so to go. We've got an episode coming out every single day as well as a back 
catalogue of 300 plus Netflix original films. Have a search, go through, download some, give us a like, give us five stars if you can. Wishing you a happy holiday season and there'll be an episode out tomorrow. Bye.